Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Um, we're continuing our series on the Bible today, and I'm talking about some things related to the way that we read the Bible in this episode. And then we're going to do some case studies in the next few where we get into the the weeds of reading and studying and analyzing the texts of the Bible. Uh, today's just kind of a setup for us as we talk about reading the Bible. Um, the Bible is, as Christians, we believe the Bible is a collection of inspired texts. And so I think I can say that the Bible is inspired, and it's inspired texts. But as we've said in this series, the Bible as a set of inspired texts is telling us a story about God and a story about God that's infused with covenants with humanity along the journey. And so there are micro stories that when you string them together the way that the Bible has, build out for us what the Bible is as a story as a whole. We talked about the the acts of a play that N.T. Wright has used as an illustration of this basic concept. The Bible is like a five-act play. And segments of the Bible break down into these acts. And if we don't understand the flow of the the act and the scenes, then we get lost and we aren't really telling the story anymore. We believe and we understand that God calls us to participate in that story. And like N.T. Wright said, we're somewhere in between the start and the conclusion of the last act of God's play. God, I think, has intended that his story be one in which humanity plays a significant role. Although we're not the leading role of the story, that's God's. We are there to play a significant role in the story. We're called to live in right covenant relationship with him. To be mindful of how that covenant relationship shapes everything about us, shapes the relationships around us, shapes the way that we live our life. It's participation in the covenant story with God that should shape the trajectories, the habits, the stories that mark our lives. Reading the Bible allows us to get to know the God behind the Bible and to get to know the God of the Bible as a character in its pages. The Bible opens God's intentions to us through its story. It helps us ground ourselves in the story that God has been writing and will continue writing. But we have to be reading the Bible in order to come to that story at all. And so as we come to the Bible, Our first acknowledgement is that we need to be people of prayer. Asking the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. Because it's the Spirit that's inspired the writing and transmission of the Bible. Our theologies and beliefs about the Bible and about what's in the Bible confirm to us that God has sent his spirit to be with and indwell the person that is in Christ. And so we as Christians believe that the spirit that inspired the writing and transmission of the Bible is present, dwelling within us who are in Christ, and will allow and enable us to see the meaning and the message of the Bible in increasingly clear and deepening ways. But that requires a prayerful approach to reading the Bible. That's first and foremost, but there still are some practical things that we can do better, always better, and that will help us understand even better the, 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 
the story, the, the covenant story of the Bible will help us be shaped more effectively and transformatively by the Bible. I think there are some basic practices we can engage or begin to engage that will help us know, love, and follow the Lord as we read and study and understand the Bible for all it's worth. Again, today is an introduction into these ideas, and as we play this out, as things go on, we'll highlight specific case studies in in texts of the Bible, and I'll highlight resources for us to be of use, but this is just about our approach to reading the Bible. And so first, if we're going to be good students, Christians who are shaped by the Bible, what God has given us in Revelation about himself and how he has spoken to us through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, then we have to read the Bible a lot. We know the Bible as we read the Bible and spend time in its pages and texts. Many of us believe a whole host of good things about the Bible, like the Bible is true, but a disproportionate number of us then spend a high volume of time actually reading the Bible. In my ministry, in my teaching experience, in the data that I've had the chance to collect, most Christians are not actively engaged in reading their Bible seven days a week. God saw fit to give us the Bible as a means to know him, be known by him, and deepen our covenant relationship with him. That covenant relationship only flourishes when we're deeply invested in time in the Bible, grounded in the inspired texts of Scripture, and relying on the voice of the Holy Spirit through the pages of the Bible and on our lives of prayer. I think reading the Bible is an absolute must if we are to be people living into the story of the Bible well, if we are going to be Christians who are pursuing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, if we are going to be followers of Jesus Christ, bringing Jesus to our world, we have to be saturated in the Bible. And that requires that we spend significant amounts of time reading the Bible. But we also need to read the Bible well. There's a great many people throughout history that have read the Bible, but those who have read the Bible well is a drastically smaller number. In light of the inspiration, and for most Christians, the inerrancy and infallibility of the Bible, reading the Bible well means reading it connected to itself as it unfolds the story of God to us, using the acts of the play to set context and stage so that we understand what is happening and who's involved and why this character brings memories of that character and so on. God's revelation of himself to us through the Bible will be clarified, deepened, further drawn on by the Bible itself. Christians hold the New Testament is a is, is new in the sense of covenant relationship with God, the, the new covenant that Jesus Christ has made in his incarnation, crucifixion, and resurrection. But it is not new in the sense of God's intention for humanity or his character in nature. The New Testament has revealed Jesus Christ as that to which the First Testament pointed. 
And so there's something new in the New Testament that centers on Jesus Christ, but there's also something very old in the New Testament because all of the First Testament has been pointing us to the New Testament. Driving us to the person that's revealed in the New Testament pages is Jesus, the Christ, born in Bethlehem and from Nazareth and Galilee. And so in a basic sense, the Bible helps us understand the Bible. But it requires time in the Bible, being in, in, intentional about integrating the places and spaces of the Bible and understanding how it overlaps and interlocks with itself. However, the idea of interpreting the Bible by means of the Bible also needs to be grounded in some healthy interpretation skills. Because what we don't want is to take one thing totally out of its context and say that it means this because we can back it up with something over there that's also probably taken out of context. And so we have to consider ways as we come to read the Bible that are good practices for reading the Bible. Good, healthy ways to dive deeper into our readings of the Bible. And there are some basic things to consider and study as we do that. I think first, and perhaps often overlooked, is we need to consider the genre or the style of literature that we are reading in the Bible. I think we tend to just think of the Bible as one flat style or genre, but the Bible is a collection of various kinds of literature, narrative, poetry, songs, and short proverbs of wisdom and story, allegory, and metaphor. Perhaps texts that are so highly structured, like Genesis chapter 1, that it looks like poetry, but we're not entirely sure what it is. Then we have things like apocalyptic literature in Daniel and in Revelation. The various kinds of literature lend us to, to readings that are a bit nuanced and different, and each type of literature that's there has its own nuance or approach to reading it that would be incredibly helpful for us to understand as we go through it. We should consider the use of the language in the Bible as well. Why the author, guided by the Holy Spirit, used particular words or how those words are being used should matter to us as we read the Bible. Figurative language sets us up differently than straight prose. Tone, sarcasm, mood, they're all part of understanding and reading literary texts like the Bible, but they're often challenging for us to discern in written text. And so we need to read with variation in our voice, playing a character. We need to read with ideas or approaches that open us up to the way the material is being told to us in biblical texts. The Bible's not a flat document, I tell my students. There are real things going on in the pages of the Bible, and those real things have real voices to them. They're not just sort of flat, sacred monotone. The biblical texts are a vibrant set of texts with various voices, tones, moods, and passions, sometimes quietly rumbling below the surface and sometimes shouting at us at the top of their lungs. We need to consider that as we read the Bible. We also need to consider context as we read the Bible. What has happened or will happen next? What passages before this one and why the, these passages are arranged next to each other, in, especially in collections like the, the prophets or the Psalter? What does this idea or this character have to do with another idea or character? 
Those are, those are all layers of context, meaning, that are important for us to pay attention to. We need to see the part of the Bible that we're reading within the story arc of the whole, within the arc of the covenant story that the Bible is telling us. Because while it is a story and it does matter, and there is an immediate context to the story of Joseph, for example, the story of Joseph is also connected to a series of other stories in the acts of the play. And all of those stories are part of this covenant story that God is telling us throughout the scripture. We also need to remember that we need to see the Bible in a historical and cultural light in context of history and culture that makes certain things in the story make sense, make sense in certain ways, or make sense for a time and for a particular people that may not make sense for our time and our people. Paying attention to how the Bible offers or at times doesn't offer us that context. How it offers or doesn't offer us sometimes God's thoughts on a given topic can make dramatic differences for the message and the meaning of the Bible. Is God eerily silent while something happens in this particular text? Do, do we get a commentary that says that this is good or bad or somewhere in between? We should consider what's actually there in the text of the Bible. I think this is one of the things that's most problematic for the way that we read the Bible. So we have our streams of tradition and what I call pop Christian theology that often have elements of truth to them and elements of things that are not true in them. This is a common occurrence. My, my students will say, well, doesn't the Bible say this somewhere? And my normal follow-up is, okay, can you take me to the passage that says that and let's think through the process? And in a lot of instances, when my students say that, we end up at a passage that needs serious contextualizing. But in a lot of other cases, my, my students take me to a passage and I tell them, we're going to think through it, reading through context and exploring what the text actually says, and the text may not actually say it. I think often we hold to thoughts or beliefs that aren't actually stated in the Bible. They're part of this body of pop Christian theology that exists as they've been cliched or colloquialized. But what's in the Bible may not actually say that. And so paying attention to what's actually said in the Bible holds a great deal of power for us in understanding what the Bible is really communicating to us. And finally, I think we need to set aside our agendas, our theologies and our preconceived ideas in order to listen well to the story and the material of the Bible. Now, there are core elements to our theologies, like a, the idea of a Trinitarian God, the, the idea of God as self-existent and e eternally present. And well, Sure, yeah, we can hold on to those in some sense. But there are, there are also things about reading the Bible that we need to be careful about, like letting our traditions and our current understandings and our preconceived ideas about what the Bible already says shape the way that we're encountering what the Bible actually says. This is my encouragement to us. As you come to the Bible this week, my hope is that you'll come to it more often than you've come to it in the past. And as you come to the Bible this week, I hope that you would set aside your agenda for what the Bible says and pay attention to what the Bible actually has to say. Prayerfully guided by the Spirit and prayerfully and intentionally considering some of the things that we've talked about today. I hope this is helpful. 
and we'll see you next time on the podcast. Thank you.